The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receive, receive all that you have. This morning we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Before I read the scripture, just let you know the new Spanish Bible is out now. The new Spanish Bible is available. Octavius' new album is out. The River Christmas album is out. Two books that have been out of the for years, I've been walking in the perfect will of God and the coat my father gave me. So there's a lot of things. Please go back by the bookstore and go and get them. When you listen to a lot of people in the religious world, you get different voices. That's why you have to be careful who you listen to. What I'm saying today is not common because obviously everybody's talking about how bad things are and whatever. Well, if you go back 20 years ago, things were bad. 50 years ago, they were bad. I mean, it depends on where you were living, they were bad. People are just horrified because you're finding out now what you didn't know that was going on all along. Now you're horrified. But there's a lot of other things that you have no clue what's going on. But I'm so happy to tell you that our life is not based upon what's going on. Our life is based upon the Word of God. Can you say amen? And so people say, well, where are we in this thing? I mean, Jesus is coming soon, isn't he? I said, yes, very, very soon he's coming. By saying that, doesn't mean to say that we go sell everything we have, go live in a mountain somewhere, eat llama beans, and wait for him to come take us home, that means that we have to occupy till he comes. And in Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, he tells us what will happen just prior to his return. And the verse that the Lord spoke to me about of where we are right at this time is verse 14 of chapter 24. This good news of the kingdom, everybody say, this good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to the nations and then the end will come. Well, how many know that there's many places in the world that have never even heard the gospel yet? That's why, yeah, we at the river are mobilizing everybody to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be raised up by God, to go and do what God's called them to do, number one, to occupy, and number two, to proclaim this good news. Now, somebody said, well, I'm sure the gospel is popular. Um, To the lost and dying, it's popular. But to the religious world, they're angry. Because when you're in a city or a town and a region, and all you do is peddle religion, 
and somebody comes with good news and they start following the people with good news, the people that peddle religion get really upset. I've been here longer than they. They don't know the area. They need to come sit down and talk to me. I'm one of the city fathers of the region. I could tell them what demonic strongholds there are and what they would be up against. Why wouldn't they come and talk to me? Well, let me tell you why they didn't come talk to you. They didn't know you. So sorry, no one's ever heard of you. Number two, even if they had come to talk to you, you would have discouraged them. God spoke to them and sent them to that area. You, not God. And it's obvious when we hang around you, we see. You left him a long time ago. And you are peddling bad news. This gospel, gospel means good news. Now we're talking about a double portion. Listen, my goal is in this next year that whatever the output of this ministry has been, whether it be finances or preaching the gospel, that we're going to double our efforts in the proclamation of the good news. Can you say amen? Whatever we have in our hand is going to be multiplied, and we're going to double it for Jesus. I'm getting a double portion. Obviously, when you start walking in these realms, you're going to get blessed. That's a gimme. I've never seen anybody that steps into this dimension that doesn't get blessed. It's impossible. You can't hang around God for two minutes and not get blessed. So you're going to get blessed. But we know the scripture declares, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Now go with me over to chapter 25 because Jesus was really preparing the disciples. Chapter 25, and I want to read this to you and go down, please, to verse 14. Matthew's gospel, chapter 25, verse 14. He talked about the kingdom of God. It's like a man who was about to take a long journey and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his property. That's why when people say, I'm going to end my life, your life actually doesn't belong to you. Your life belongs to the life giver. Are you with me? Somebody said, yeah, but I've been given a bad rap. If we went down this line and we went and got testimonies, I mean, this man was a Muslim. This man is from Paris, France. This man was a human trafficker and would smuggle people across borders for governments. His wife loved God with all her heart. She prayed for him. And then one day, God worked his wagon so his wheels wouldn't turn. And Jesus walked into the prison cell. He gave his life to Jesus. And now they've led, you know, probably close to 1.8 million people to Jesus. 500,000 people alone just on the streets of Paris or France have been saved. And then another close to a million in Africa in the French-speaking countries. God can take, God can take not just a drug dealer. God can take a human trafficker. He brought young girls to Europe 
for European governments. I know, I'm sorry for spilling the beans. Somebody said, why did he do that? Because he was a devil. <laughs> he worked for the devil. That's what you do when you work for the devil. But then Jesus came in and he changed bosses. That should be encouragement to everybody here. And you watch my television. If God could take a human trafficker and turn him around, now use him for the kingdom, then God can take any single person here and transform you and turn you around. So say this often to me, my life is not my own. My time is not my own. My talents are not my own. My treasure is not my own. He says to the one he gave five talents, probably about $5,000. That's a lot of money back in them days. To another, he gave two. To another, he gave one. To each, watch this now, we talk about portion, double portion. To each in proportion to his own personal ability. So that's why you should never get mad with somebody else. Well, he's got more than me. The Lord obviously feels that they can handle it. God's not going to give you anything that will crush you. We've talked about it this week. We've talked about We've spoken about this. <clears throat> That's why there's no room in the church competition. There's no room for jealousy. And one of the biggest problems that we deal with in ministry, competition, jealousy, insecurity, and people wanted to be noticed. God will get you noticed. Yeah. If the Lord wants to, he can come find you anywhere. If you lock yourself in your house and you get on your face and pray and you get out and go, watch what will happen. You can't stop somebody that is called of God, that has an anointing, and that is taking what they are doing and multiplying that for the kingdom. So the Bible says here, he gave it according to their personal ability. Somebody said, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm much, I'm, I'm more brilliant. It's amazing how people, they, they gauge brilliance by what they think brilliance is. You take a fish and a monkey and tell them, we'll see who's brilliant yet. Climb a tree. Well, the monkey's up a tree, but put the fish in water and he swims. So the brilliance is only in the realm that you think the person is, but you don't, you don't see them in their realm. In their realm, you can't even match that. Are you with me? Do you understand? I know monkeys swim because they can cross rivers, but they don't have the ability of a fish. You don't test people's brilliance based on a standard. Some of the top brilliant minds never even made it through high school. Hello. Some of the top brilliant minds in the world never even went to university. In actual fact, it was university that took a brilliant mind and totally destroyed it and made them an idiot educated beyond the intellect. Are you with me? 
I know we're not against universities. We have one here. But we are more interested in your heart than your head. Are you with me? If you come here as a fat head, you're going to have problems. We're going to give you a fat heart. Can you say amen? A big heart. Come on. All right. Somebody said he called me a fat head. Then it goes on to say, he received the five talents, went at once and traded with them and gained five talents more. So he took what he had and began to multiply it. Why? That's what you do. You take what you have and you multiply. And likewise, he who had received two talents, he also gained two talents more. Let me say, I'd just like to just hold on to these. No, they're not there to be held on to. They're there to multiply. It's time for a greater portion. Like when Merlin's precious wife picked up what he was doing and she said, bless God, we, we, the day is going to come when it's going to be 10,000 and then it's going to be 100,000. She was stirred in her spirit. The both of them started. She provoked him and they started being stirred that there's more. The portion is more. That's not my portion. There's a bigger portion. There's a bigger portion coming to you and your job is to multiply. If you've been sitting on your portion, then I pray you get off your blessed portion and start to multiply. Some people's portions did multiply, you know. During COVID, the behind is a lot bigger than it used to be. Are you with me? I'm not talking about that portion. I'm talking about what God has assigned to you to take and to multiply. So it says here, and he who received uh, the two talents, he did the same. He received the one talent. He went and dug, it in, uh, dug a hole and put it in the ground, and that's where he left it. He just kept it there. There are talents waiting to be multiplied, but they have been buried in the ground. And I pray on this, the eighth day of this ministers and leaders conference of the double portion, that in Jesus' name, whatever talent has been buried in the ground, I dig it up right now before the master comes and you get into trouble, that talent is dug up and it's going to be multiplied in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't you bury your talent around here. I'm going to find you. I'm going to harass you. These people that play instruments, you never hear them. These people that do all kinds of things, you never, no one ever gets the benefit from it. Oh, I, I used to do that. I put it on the back burner. I was prideful in what I did. Then humble yourself then. Were you, were you still prideful in what you do after all these years hanging around the river? It got very quiet. Did you notice how quiet it went? Just suddenly very quiet. No, you're not going to bury your talents. 
There's gifts sitting here that the world needs to hear about. What if the talent that you had would be something that would release millions and millions of dollars that could help many, many people? And you're sitting, you heard the testimonies, you heard what people say, you say, I wish I had something. And the Lord says, you do. But you buried it. I'm just going to say to this, to your river church, God will talk to you about that one day. You're still going to make heaven, but he's going to say, what did you do with the talent I gave you? Why did you not multiply that? Somebody said, why do you speak along these lines? Most churches, they don't speak along these lines. It's just, all, it's just comfortable. Don't push the people. If you push the people, you put pressure on them, and then they go somewhere else. Where are you going to go? Explain to me. Where are you going to go and sit every Sunday? What are you going to listen to? Something that's just going to rah, rah, rah. I tell you right now, what I'm talking about is eternal stuff here. The other stuff is temporary. I'm talking about what's going to reflect 100 years from today. 100 years from this moment, we're on the other side. Most of us will be. I mean, unless you are 114 and you start around. But most of us here will not be here 100 years. How many, how many understand? Most of us will not be here. The majority of this field will not be here 100 years from now. Maybe the grandkids are 102. Or 106 or whatever. And we sitting on the other side talking, and you look at me and, and you say, man, I, I didn't ever, I knew you said it was going to be great. I didn't realize it was going to be this great. In retrospect, now obviously I know there won't be regrets. The Lord will do all that. But I'm just trying to, break, because you only think in the natural, I'm going to just let you think in the natural now. So we sit around and you say, boy, I tell you what, if only I could have done a little bit more, but I didn't, because I was afraid. I, I, I was afraid, and I realize now that I was afraid, and if only I could have done just a little different. If you could suddenly talk to loved ones that have gone on, they wouldn't tell you some of the stuff that you're concerned about. They would say to you, don't worry about that. That's, that's immaterial. That's nothing. Focus on this. I'm going to take the talent and I'm going to multiply that talent for the king. I will spend my whole day, every waking moment, and I will take that talent and I'm going to multiply it. And if I've got one, it's going to be two. If my brother has five and he's got ten, I'm not going to look at his ten, wishing I had his ten. How can I steal his ten? I'm going to be happy. Because my one became two. I know I've shared these things with you before, but we talk about a double portion. What stops people from getting to a double portion? What I'm talking about right now. Fear. Fear. 
I rebuke fear off of you. In Jesus' name, you will not fear. You will take the talent that's been given to you and you will multiply it in Jesus' name. One year from this day, you will be in a totally different position. So I love this verse here. It says, now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came and brought him five more. Master, you entrusted me five talents. See here, again, five talents more. And his master said, well done. You upright, honorable, admirable, faithful servant. You've been faithful and trustworthy of a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter in and share the joy, the delight, the blessedness which your master enjoys. And he also that had the two talents came forward and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. I've gained two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over little. I'll put you in charge of much. Enter thou into share in the joy, the delight, the blessedness which your master enjoys. And he who received the one talent, he came forward, and now this is where things go wrong. Master, I knew you were harsh men, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you did not, have not winnow the grain. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Yeah, have what is yours. I don't know about you, that looks like somebody that needs to be slapped. Are you with me? If you bless somebody with something, and you come back, and they haven't done anything with it, and they go, look, I didn't do anything because I knew you were this, and, and they start attacking you, and then you say, but yeah, have what's yours. How rude. How rude. The master said, you wicked, lazy. That we're dealing with wicked people. Or somebody come among the people in the church, they're not wicked. No, but they're lazy. 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 Idle. Everybody say, laziness and idleness is not me. That means I'm not going to be lazy. I am busy. You need to go to sleep and you need to get up in the morning and you need to do what God's called you to do. Are you with me? And during the day, you need to work. You have to find something to put your hand to. Somebody say, but the government's supporting. That is not even God. Support from the government so you can sit on your portion. That's not even God. You have no self-worth. You have, no, you have nothing to look back and say, hey, look what we've done. People are taking their social security checks and going to the casino on a Friday night, hoping to hit a jackpot. And at the end of the night, they've lost all their money, they didn't win anything, and they just sit there, still just hoping. Apparently, that one um, lottery thing, you know, they buy the scratch and sniff tickets or whatever, I think, I think it just hit a billion dollars now. There's not been a claim, it's a billion dollars. So people are gonna take their last dollar and buy a bunch of those scratch and sniff things hoping that they're going to hit a billion dollars. 
which you can get it in monthly installments, or you can get it half paid out because now there's taxes. If, you, if, you, if that happens to you, don't forget, a tithe comes to the River Church. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Just in case one of our members hits the jackpot here. I, I just say, remember the church. <laughs> and then let us help you so that they don't steal everything you have and show you how to multiply that for the kingdom of heaven. So when you get to heaven, you've got something to show. Somebody said, I can't believe it. He told the people that if they hit the jackpot, that they should bring some. Well, what do you think? You think if I got a member and they hit a jackpot, I'm not going to tell them? I'm not stupid. We'll pay for the whole atrium. Can you say amen? Somebody said, it's dirty money. I'll clean it up very quickly. I'll say, in Jesus' name, this is sanctified right now. Hallelujah. It will genuinely be the wealth of the wicked used for the just. Can you say amen? That doesn't mean you go from here and go buy one of those tickets. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Pastor never told you that. But if something happened, Like a family member bought you a ticket. I, no, I'm just teasing. I shouldn't even have said that. That's terrible. That's not even good. Why are you leading the people astray that way? Repent right now. Forgive me, Lord. Thank you. Amen. All right. I'm forgiven. Okay. Let's move right on. Yeah. No. So we take, we, we take the talents that he's given us and we multiply it for the kingdom of heaven. So what does he say here? So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10. So the guy with the one that buried it loses what he's got, and the guy with 10 gets what the guy with one has, which maybe there's somebody standing by and he's got nothing. He said, you could have given that one to me. What do you mean? You took it away from the guy with one and you gave it to the guy with a lot. That's not even right. There should be a dis- redistribution of the wealth. But God's not into socialism and he's not into communism. Are you with me? That's why your success, listen to me carefully. I want everybody to be on the same page here. River Church, your success is not taking rich people's money because they gave it to you and just shared it with you. Your success is taking what you have, multiplying your talents, getting their money the proper way. Are you with me? It's going to come into your hands, the wealth of the wicked will come into your hands by you taking what God has given to you and multiplying that. Somebody said, oh no, you mean that means work? Yes, yes. No lazy, no lazy people, no idle people. You sit around and talk all day, do no work. You'll be miserable, and you'll be poor. I've never found successful, idle, lazy people. I find hard-working, busy people. The problem is, if you're lazy and you're idle, you can also become busy. You're a busy body. 
You know everybody's junk. You know about everybody. And you spend most of the time telling everybody about everybody. You got Facebook and you. If you want to find out what's going on with some people, go to their Facebook page. It will horrify you. I'm so glad that me, pastor, is not on Facebook. I'm so happy. I wouldn't sleep at night. I, my, my wife will show me a Facebook post by someone in the church. I go, what? That must be from their past life. And she said, no, they posted it three days ago. Oh. I said, don't show me. Don't show me. Don't, I don't want to see. For to everyone who has, will more be given. That's how your portion multiplies. To everyone who has, more will be given. And he will be furnished richly. Richly. Say this. I'm rich. I'm rich. Some people, their last name is rich. We've got two people here. One that side, one this side, their last name is rich. So if they can actually say, I am rich. Somebody said, no, you're not. I am. No, you're not. I am. I'm rich. Amen. So that he will have abundance. Everybody say, abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away from him. Why? Because God's going to hold people accountable. Listen, no matter how the Lord uses you, if you become idle and lazy, what you have will be taken away from you. I've seen that happen in the ministry. I've seen that happen with great ministries. I've seen ministries that had everything, and then suddenly they got sucked off into nonsense and rubbish, and they allowed the enemy to lie from them, and they've lost everything. I've seen ministries that should be thriving right now, and they're selling off their properties. Churches that should be used for the kingdom of heaven are just selling everything, and they blame everybody else. They don't realize they the slothful one. they the idle one. Are you with me? Because they didn't take the talent and multiply. Are you with me? If God told you to do something, then it must be utilized for that purpose that God told you utilize it for. Amen. He says, and this is God. I'm, I'm, this is what God says. And throw the good for nothing servant. Just throw him out. Throw him out into outer darkness and there'll be weeping, grinding of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, his majesty, his splendor, and all the holy angels with him and sits on the throne of his glory, all nations will be gathered before him he will separate them, the people, from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will cause the sheep to stand at his right hand and the goats on the left. That's why all these people on the left. Are you with me? No, that's what he said. The sheep 
I'm, I'm reading right. The sheep will be on the right. The goats will be on the left. I didn't say that. I mean, I'm just reading it. Everybody say, sheep on the right, goats on the left. Somebody said, well, he's, he's kind of, he leans to the left. He's a goat. He's a goat. You're either a sheep or a goat. The king will come to those at his right hand and say, come, you blessed of the Father, you favored of God, and appointed to eternal life, inheritance, receive as your own the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you brought me together and yourselves and welcomed and entrusted and lodged me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me and, and, and ministering care. I was in prison and you came to see me. I went to prison and no one came to see me. Then the just and the upright will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome and entertain you or clothe you that were naked? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come and visit you? And then the king will reply to them, truly I tell you, in as far as you did it to one of the least in the estimation of men, of those or these, my brethren, you did it to me. And then he will say to those in his left hand, be gone from me, you cursed, into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and for his angels. Now, let me just say this. And I know that some people think I'm pushing Republican and Democrat. I'm not. Republican and Democrat are the same. And these people that say they are right, whatever thing, they're not. They're just devils posing as somebody that is right. But when it comes down where the rubber meets the road, they are as left as left can be. Are you with me? So the Bible says a tree is known by its fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. But I'm so glad to be on a field with a bunch of good trees producing good fruit. Can you say amen? So then he will say to the left hand, be gone from me, you cursed in eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. God, God didn't prepare it for those people. He prepared it for the devil and his angels. That's why we've got to pre preach the gospel to take it out there to get people out of the left lane into the right lane. Can you say amen? Find all, I mean, how many think it'd be hard to find some left people today? You drive down the road, somebody's left standing there by themselves. For well, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. You gave me no food. I was a stranger and you, you didn't welcome me. You didn't, you didn't entertain me. I was naked. You didn't even clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You didn't visit me with, with help and ministering care. That's why we're not only going down into hurricane areas and giving them something to eat. We're actually ministering to them. We're sending teams down there to minister to people get them saved. Do you know how many people are getting saved right now down south? The hurricane, 
was one of the best things that ever happened. There are more people getting saved now than you can ever even begin to imagine. Even in countries that before we were there on the tour, they were locked down. I heard people say, we, they were just in Ireland. Ireland, they spent several years in Ireland. They were rejected. They said, you can't believe it now. Everybody's hungry. Everybody wants you to pray for them. Everybody. That's how desperate people are. So, you know, if it took a lockdown and a Fauci garden gnome to get people to wake up, people are getting desperate for God. And I'm excited because this is going to be the greatest harvest of souls ever. Can you say amen? Then they also, in their turn, will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? Because people are always going to justify themselves. And of course, he says, verse 46, he says, then they will go away into eternal punishment, but those who are just and upright and in right standing with God into eternal life. Now, I know this is not a popular message and a lot of pastors are not going to preach it because they don't want people to feel bad. And I don't want anybody to feel bad, but I need to warn you because it's my responsibility as a minister of the gospel to preach the whole counsel of God. That is there. That's in the scripture. How many are glad that I shared with you? So when I share with you, it's not to condemn anybody or say anything. It's about for us to locate themselves. Somebody said, yeah, but Pastor, you're already talking to somebody who had five or multiplied to make it 10. Well, now we take it and make it 20 because we're going to the double portion. Are you with me? We're not going to sit because it's always comes to place. And I'm telling you right now, I've watched this with people. The older they get, when they get successful, you know, I think I've done enough. I'm just going to kind of retire. But when there's a fire on the inside of you, you always feel there's something else. Now, there might be things that you pass on to other people to do, but then God's got some more things for you to do. Are you with me? We should find you old and gray, still being fruitful, still being productive. I'm just going to retire and go sit in my... I've just bought myself a little... One of those prefab places, you know, in a little senior community. And I've got, I've got a dog. I bought... My wife got this dog for a handbag and she walks around and everybody loves the dog and we walk the neighborhood every day and the neighbors come out to find out how, how Fifi is doing and, and then once a week we play bridge with everybody. I mean, that sounds like a great existence for somebody that did something in their life and now you sit around helping your wife carry Fifi around the neighborhood so everybody can see Fifi. If you want to see what I'm talking about, Go down to Sarasota. Go to St. Armand's Circle and go walk around there and see all the old people with so many facelifts, they could drop their chest. Now they walk around and, they, and they're carrying a dog, walk around with a dog. Everybody's coming out to touch the dog. And I think, that's your life? This is your whole life? Executives of companies, they did this and that, and their whole life is everybody petting their dog? The day you see me in the street carrying a dog in a bag. Oh, it was a wonderful dog. It's almost like they want to walk up and sniff the things behind. You know what I mean? 
I mean, I like animals, but they have their place. Miguel likes animals. He buys them all. He went to a place the other day. He saw three puppies. He bought all of them. His funniest story of you is he goes to the pet store and they got these finches and they put them in these little boxes. And he, was, he felt sorry for the finches. So he said, why are you come in the boxes? So we take them up, put them in a cage, they get sold in there. So he felt sorry for the finches, taking all the finches. I'm buying, what, what, 200 finches or something. He buys 200 finches, loaded in the car. They go back home. He's going to set these finches free. <laughs> Gets his wife. The kids are all out. They open the box to, and let the finches go. The finches couldn't fly because they cut the wings so they don't fly. So all the finches are on the ground. It was a bloodbath. The cats came in, killed them. There was blood everywhere. He's running down the street. It looked like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. His wife is crying. He's crying. All the kids are crying. Dead finch here, dead finch there. All the birdies are dead. Car rides over the finch's head, squashed in the street. It was a bloodbath. The kids are still traumatized from the finches that died because he had a heart of compassion. He wanted to free the finches. Note to self, make sure finches have full wings available before you let them go. Look, he was compassionate. At least the, the finch died knowing that it was loved. I don't know how we got to that story anyway. No, there's things. I know, listen to me. I know we have a great senior community. We have many seniors here at the church. But there's things that God wants to do with you from now till Jesus comes that you should multiply for the king. That's why I'm not writing anybody off. Don't. You tell me, well, I'm just retired, Pastor. I'm going to refire you. I'm going to put a fire right on your portion. And you're going to be mobilized for the kingdom of heaven. Can you say amen? We are taking the talents that he has given to us, and we are multiplying, and we, we are going in the next 12 months, we're going for double. We're going for double. We're going for double. Let me just say this. Maybe you've become comfortable. Somebody said, well, how do I change that? Your house has never had an upgrade in years. The furniture is old. And your wife has said, can we get new furniture? I don't want old new furniture. I got old furniture. Go in there, clean it out, and just put all things new. Make things new. Freshen up things around there. Go get your hair cut. Are you with me? That long nose hair that's sticking out of you, get the thing pulled. No, I'm serious. Make... <laughs> Make some changes. Are you with me? Cut the lawn, mow the fix up the fence of the house. I mean, do whatever you can. The car might be old, but wash the thing, polish the thing. Get rid of the hamburger wrappers and the French fries stuck in the side of the door from a year ago. The steak and shake thing that is just sitting there. When did we have this? Oh, seven months ago, stuck in your car. Come on, people, you've got to keep moving. Anything that's stagnant is a place for swamps where there's mosquitoes and just everything breathes in there. Come on, you've got to keep it moving. 
Go into your life. Take stock of your life. And why am I doing this? Why am I saying this right now? Because you've got two months to get ready for 23. You have two months. And you might have to sit down with your wife because you're going to have to discuss between the two of you what stays and what goes. How many remember, do you, do, you, do you still do the practice of spring cleaning? Anybody did that? I mean, you go right in. We don't use that. We haven't used that in two years. Out, out, out. Get rid of that. That has to go. That must leave. Sorry, I want that here. Move that out the way. This is going out the way. And you clean, you clean it out. Why? Because you're making room for the new. Amen. Otherwise, you just become another candidate to be on the show hoarders. If you don't use it, unless it's a collection, some people collect things. There's nothing wrong with that. You can have a collection of things. But somebody said, What's that? That's a collection. Hmm? What are you on about? A shoe collection. Oh, you want some of my shoes? Your shoe. Oh, your wife said you have to get rid of shoes. Oh, well, I was going to give you some, but saying you're going to get rid of shoes, you're not getting any. No. Ray has a collection of Cheetos. Is that true? Look there. Is that true? He owns stock. There's two witnesses right there. He just called the pastors a liar. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll sort that out later. No, come on. How many understand that the things of the past can hold us back? How many are going to have the double portion that God has for you? Say this after me. Out with the old. In with the new. I'm getting rid of the old. I'm making room for the new. Whatever I have in my hand right now, it's going to be multiplied for the king. When he comes back, he is going to say, well done, you good and faithful servant, end into the joy of the Lord. And Pastor Rodney is not going to get into trouble. Because if I don't preach these things and you don't do them, then I'm going to get into trouble because I didn't tell you. So I don't want to get into trouble. Amen. So I'm giving you the next two months. I mean, you can take longer if you want to. I give you the next two months to make sure you can get rid of the old so that 2023, you can step into the fullness of the double portion, the fullness of the double portion that God has for you. Because we want every one of you blessed. We want every one of you blessed. Not just with riches and blessing here on earth, but eternal riches. Blessed, 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 blessed. Blessed on every road. Blessed all the way to the fence. Hallelujah. Blessed on every road. All the way to the fence. 
in Jesus' name. Now, let me close with this. Because tonight, I'm going to deal with the mentality. Everything comes to mentality. Because I know everybody looks at me and says, well, pastor, it's really easy for you. You have no clue. I have every question, everything in me that you might have that's amplified. But when you see things the way God sees things, and I'm going to actually tell you some practical stories of what the Lord taught me when we embarked on the 300-city tour. I shared them probably three, four years ago. I haven't shared them in the last three years. You don't want to miss tonight. Who's going to be with us tonight? I'm going to share with you. I'm going to actually tell you the nitty-gritty of what happens behind the scenes and how I had to make decisions like that. And as I made decisions, the Lord come through. But it's like to the wire. And you're going to hear about it tonight. Amen. I want everybody to bow your heads right now, right across this field. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give an invitation because we have visitors here and those watching in your homes by television. Maybe you came here today and you fit in any one of these categories. The first category, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. And I want to ask you right now, friend, if today was your last day on the earth, if you went home and breathed out your last breath, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And he calls you now. He says, come. He says, come unto me, all ye labor, that labor and heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you surrender to him? Will you say, yes, Lord Jesus? He loves you. And he stands with arms right open. He says, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. And I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He calls you now. He calls you. Will you surrender? There's people that went to church all their life and they've never ever invited Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. I'm giving you that opportunity right now. It's very personal. Maybe you're here on this field or you watch by way of television, you say, Pastor, I gave my life to Jesus. Days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost my first love. I've lost that joy, that peace that I once had. There was a time when I used to be on fire for God, but I lost it. And now I'm just being going, I'm actually being like the guy that buried the talent. But tonight, today, I'm digging that thing up and I'm going to take it from today. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to multiply it because I'm not going to hear any of the words other than well done, thou good and faithful servant. Maybe you're here today, you're watching my television, you say, Pastor, in my growing cold, I realize that it's some things that I've never dealt with, hidden things in my heart, 
pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust. The hidden things that clonk my heart and I want them to go. Nobody can see them, but I know they're there and I want them to leave me today. Maybe they're outward. Maybe the things that happen, events, situations, everybody knows about them and now you feel, well, man, I'm just a mess. I'll never bounce. You heard what the young lady said about why she never won souls because she didn't even feel like she even could have a voice. But look what she's doing. She's going to the next level. She realized to take herself out of the equation. When you take yourself out of the equation, you bring Jesus into the equation. Maybe you're here today, you're watching my television, you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord. I was serving God, I was doing great, and then this storm came out of nowhere, hit me, and I don't even know how to recover. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that just rocked my world. But today I want to come back. I, I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. And I want to serve him the remainder of my days. Will you do that? Will you let him do that today? And then lastly, maybe you're here, you're watching in your homes, you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord, but I don't have the assurance. The devil's always lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved, but I want to know, I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. I'd like to make sure today, if this is you across this field today, if in any one of these categories, you're watching in your homes, I want you right where you are, to quickly put your hand up and say, pray for me. I need Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise up all the way to the fence. Thank you. Hands are going up across this field. Slip it up high and say, yes. Yes. Today. Today is your day. Once you've raised it, you've put it down. I want you to look at me, if you would, please. On this section over here, all the way through, if you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, Quickly, put that hand up and say, include me. Anybody else? Slip it up high. And say, yes. Thank you, Lord. This middle section. I see your hands at the back. Yes. This middle section. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put your hand up right now. Thank you. This section over here. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put your hand up right now. I want every person to raise your hand if you would stand right now. Stand. Every person, raise your hand all across the field. Stand. Stand, 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 stand. Stand, 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 stand. We're going to pray. I want you to bring your personal belongings and come stand right here. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Come. Come right down.
Close those eyes and raise your right hand to heaven and pray this off to us right now. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. And use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. And I turn my back on sin. And from this day, I receive by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the power of the blood of Jesus, the free gift of salvation. I am saved. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day not one would be missing Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank the Lord. You know, I get the privilege of doing this, and I've done 85 countries over, what, close to 43 years now. And I'm watching faces being transformed right in front of me right now. It's like that. You said it can't be that easy. Yes, it is. I'm watching faces just 
Because when there's a change here, something happens, even on the face. God's going to use you. You might have buried the talent, but no more. Your talent is going to be multiplied to the kingdom of heaven, and God's going to use you for his glory. And if anyone's going to be blessed, it's going to be you. If anybody's going to multiply the talent, it's going to be you. And that's happening the next 12 months. Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.